This is episode 519 of Zaldor's World, interview with Kurt Harland of Information Society. I'm not exactly in the mood for Mozart and all that kind of goings on. That's right, everybody. This is Zelda's World, episode 519. Did a special interview with Kurt Harlan of Information Society. It's broadcast. It was broadcast live on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. And if you want to get these live stuff, you go to zelda.com. We'll, we'll put some information up there where you get the links. Um, subscribe to my page on Twitch. Subscribe to my Facebook page. Subscribe to YouTube, and you get the details then. So here it is right now, and I want to give a big shout-out and thank you to Ray from Ray B. Uh, promotions for setting this up with me. It's great to talk to Kurt Harlan. So here's Kurt Harlan from Information Society. How do I feel about being uh, a member of the Information Society? That's a difficult question because I didn't know we were in the Information Society. Uh, By Information Society, I presume you mean computers and so forth. Uh, I think it's terrific. That is everybody, you're listening to the Information Society song from their new album called Oddfellows, and you are on Zelda's World, and I'd like to welcome to Zelda's World, Kurt Harland from Information Society, lead singer, one of the founding members. How are you doing tonight? Thank you for coming on the show. I'm doing reasonably well. Good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So it's been almost over 40 years. Do you think you'd be doing this 40 years later? It's only been 39 years, dude. Almost. Don't don't age me prematurely. <laughs> well, almost 40 years. 39 years. 1982 you guys started this way back in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, but see, so <laughs> I have, we're in a Zoom meeting, right? So I see myself. Yep. But then over on your side, I also see myself. But yep. there's like a, a whole one second delay between what I see on my side and what I see of myself on your side. Yeah, there's a little delay there. So I'll probably just be distracted by just, that. Just, <laughs> just look at yourself. <laughs> or just look, you know, there you go. <laughs> enjoy the enjoy the delay. I was doing that too before you started. I was kind of watching myself on the on my, the delay too. There's even a delay right here. So it's the wonder, wonderfuls of the internet. The band right now is made up of yourself, uh, Paul, and James, and Zeke, who uh, started with the band a few years ago as an official member. I had the yeah. pleasure of talking to Paul about uh, seven years ago on my other on my show. It was good to talk to him back then about the uh, Hello World album that came out back in 2014. Very, yep. very cool guy. And uh, how, how did you guys get together a long time ago, back in 82? We all went to high school together Yeah. in Minneapolis. And just decided just, to start a band? Um, Similarly-minded geeks. Right? <laughs> Definitely. Paul was in, uh, well, see, Paul and I came from different worlds, right? It was, it was hard for us to, to connect because he was in band, but I was in choir, see? And this is like, that's like Montagues and Capulets. <laughs> so you, did you guys, 
well, obviously you were in you choir, so you sang. So that's obviously why you're the lead singer, of course. You know, Paul doesn't do much singing. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be the lead singer, and um, but like I was the only one who could credibly be said to have any ability to do it at all. <laughs> <laughs> the album comes out on next Friday, August sixth. Odd Fellows is the new album. It's the first album that's being released in full THX spatial audio. That is a cool, yep. cool, cool concept. It's mostly used by video games and such. What made you guys decide to use it on this album? Well, our manager is one of the muckety mucks at THX. Ah, that helps. So we had access. So we thought, why not? Uh, we have we have the expertise. We have the uh, we have the connection to the company to so we can do it right and describe it correctly. So that's just an experimental little thing we thought we would do. It's not meant to make a night and day difference, like, oh my God, this sounds completely different, but um, just to take use of the kind of surrounding spatializing that you can do a little bit of in headphones. Right. And it makes it sound like you're right in front of me singing right at me, just right in my face, right? I don't know that it's that dramatic. It's no? It's more like just a little bit of um, extra 3D-ishness around your head. I haven't, I haven't listened to it that way. I've listened to the album... With the normal way, but not the spatial audio. So I need to get a get a copy of that when it comes out. So. I uh, I actually prefer the spatial audio mixes because they're um, they're mastered differently. So there's more dynamic range. Um, the difference between the loud parts and the quiet parts parts is larger. Um, things tend to stay the same volume they're at with compression. Right. If you get to a quiet part in the song, that quiet part is raised up, so it's the same volume as the loud part. Right. Which is how kids today like their music, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't, so I, I really like the spatial mixes better. They like, sound kind of more true to the original um, sound that we imagined. Well, you guys have always been on the cutting edge of music. Um, that's one of the things I liked about you guys when I first found out about you back in the 80s um, with the samples and stuff like that. And the, a lot of the stuff on the new album, The Odd Fellows, is, it sounds a lot, it reminds me a lot of songs from Peace, Love, and Incorporated as well. So that's, that's uh, another thing you guys are... Well, funny you should say that because... Two of the songs actually were um, songs that Paul wrote for that album oh. that we just didn't use. Which ones were those? It'd be funny um, if it was the favorite Down ones I like. Yep, Down in Flames is my first one. Would you like me if I played a guitar? And both of those are, are two of my favorite tracks. It's kind of funny. That, <laughs> would you like me if I played a guitar, Down in Flames, Nothing Prevails, and Grups? Is it pronounced Grups or Groups? Grups. Grups. It's a Star Trek thing. Yes, I know. It's a very interesting uh, thing about that. Uh, the, 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 the chorus is bonk, bonk on the head, which is what one of the uh, the red-headed Oni says in the Miri episode of Star Trek. I should have worn my bonk, bonk on the head t-shirt. Yeah. Today, but I'm not. I'm wearing a different one. I didn't think of it. That was that was a cool uh, a cool callback to that episode. I actually remember seeing that episode. Not I'm not the first run, but second run of it. <laughs> I was not was joking about being grups for... 30 years so no, really it, it seemed kind of obvious yeah yeah for us. back when uh what's on your mind came out a long time ago who decided to use samples from star trek oh uh, well both paul and i were kind of into the idea I, I think i did more of the actual legwork of plugging the cassette deck into the output of the old television and recording the episodes and then listening back to the episodes and picking out pieces and recording them into the sampler um, but in terms of just creative inspiration to use them, that was definitely uh, both of us in equal measure. Nice. I like that. That's one, Like I said, that's one of the things that grabbed me back when What's On Your Mind came out is that uh, 
samples and the Star Trek stuff because being a Trek person as well, a Trekkie, excuse me, I got to use the right terminology. Um, it it uh, ties it all together pretty nicely with that song. And Grups. Yeah, and Grups as well. It was a weird experience for us because we, it, for us it was just this new thing that we started doing that seemed kind of obvious when the technology was really new. Um, and nobody was really talking about it or thinking about it and hardly anyone was doing it. Uh, and we didn't, that was, that was neither good nor bad for us. But then as it became more popular and especially as people started um, lifting, you know, loops of songs from other people, mm-hmm. uh, then everyone got all uptight about it and weird and scared and nervous and the legalities um, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And by that time, we had already been doing it for years. It just seems like, well, that's the thing we do. I don't know. Why is everyone getting upset about it now? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, has anybody ever approached you guys of being on an episode of Star Trek or a movie or anything like that? I don't know, but no? we did get to be the um, the band on uh, the Star Trek cruise once. That was yeah, fun. that would be cool. How was that? Oh, that was awesome. That was like the best thing I ever got to do from being in the band. Really? <laughs> I got to sit and talk to George Takei for like 20 minutes, just him oh, and me. Oh, wow. And um, oh, I also my. really like talking to Armin Shimmerman. Um, he's a professor of Shakespeare at God, I'm going to say the wrong school name. I think it's USC. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Some Southern California um, college. And um, that's really cool. And um, Phil Plate was there, bad astronomer. He helped me uh, do Q&A after this um, astronomy presentation that I gave. So it was it was really fun. Oh. I loved it. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. That and also the, the uh, 80s cruise that they have the, the, that keeps coming around. That's coming out next year, the 80s cruise. Mm-hmm. That- you yeah, we've done that. We've done that at least once, and then they did. They, the '80s cruise people had this great idea: let's do the cruise, but not get a ship. <laughs> <laughs> so we just went to a beach resort and spent the whole week there. Uh, we've done yeah. that twice. That That's what, cool. that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh. And then last year, you guys did this back to the basement thing. Which I got the shirt from, which was really cool. You guys did like a, a whole uh, little set on there. It was re- it was a pre-recorded thing from wasn't a live thing like some of the other members did, but it was really cool to see you guys on Back to the Basement last year, last summer. I don't think I ever actually ended up seeing what was done with that. What, oh, really? What did, what did they do? It was some live live broadcast of you guys, a couple songs, I mean, uh, done live. I think it was maybe it was one of, pre-recorded from one of the live performances. Cause it looked like there was Yeah, a, it, it would have been because I, I know we didn't do anything new for that event. No. I do, remember, I do remember talking about supplying something for it. No, it was nothing new. I I think I've maybe even seen the, the clips before, but it's still good to see you guys on there because it was a cool concept they did raising money for. We did um we did one like just hangout with fans um at some point last year. We mostly got people from Brazil. Yep. Uh, but a few people from North America too. Why are you guys so popular in Brazil? I've always wondered that. I don't know. Ask the Brazilians, man. <laughs> they love you guys. Uh, I think it started because we uh, they picked up one of our songs on a uh, on a soap opera in I think '89 or something. Yeah, <laughs> and yep. then just took off from there. Well, the, the, our whole our whole thing was always people we didn't know existed, totally like our sound, even though they never listened to the kind of music that we thought we were doing. <laughs> you know. Uh, and so then it was always really hard to try to meet those expectations going forward. Um, the the Latin disco scene in the mid '80s in New York uh, really got into uh, that one song we did called "Running," mm-hmm. um, 
but I think that's more because it happened coincidentally happened to have a lot in common with what they were listening to anyway. Um, Makes sense. And you know, we didn't know that scene existed. It's not like we were trying to to make something for that scene. People just called us up, and I said, "Hey!" And they said, "Hey, have you ever heard of the Bronx?" And we said, uh, "Maybe. I think is that is that on the East Coast." <laughs> huh. Speaking of the dance scene, have you ever thought of releasing some of your long? extended versions of, of songs that you guys are doing live the more dancier ones the longer the live, live ones recordings? yeah either the live ones or re-recording recording the ones that are long like uh i'm trying to think of some of the ones from land of the blind or even a long version of peace love and incorporating peace and love no. incorporated i mean that you guys I'm not do sure what you mean by live or you mean an extended dance mix yeah extended dance mixes exactly I know you got the, know. back in the day they had the 12 inches and i think i might even have a 12 inch of uh one of your a couple of your old from the first album um, back in my garage, but I don't didn't know if you guys have done any more extended mixes of any of the newer stuff. Not really. I mean, the the existence of those kinds of things at all in the first place was largely an invention of um, the people marketing the recordings of the music, right? So mm-hmm. if you wanted to sell copies of if you wanted to sell plastic discs with recordings of music on them, you could do stuff like, well, let's make an extended dance mix so it'll get played in the clubs more which basically amounts to advertising so we'll sell more recordings but the plastic discs are gone and the name of the game is no longer selling recordings of sorry I muted myself there you go Uh, it's not about selling recordings of your music anymore uh, you release music in order to legitimize your live show yep so while Certainly, those sorts of things could be made. Um, there isn't really any economic incentive to do it. So, especially when you consider that, unlike in the mid '80s, now any DJ can get Ableton and just do whatever they want. If they want an extended dance mix, let's just make, make it. it. Yeah, make they don't need yeah. to wait for us to, re- to release it, right? <laughs> so, I, I think the 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 ecosystem for those kinds of things is so radically different now that those old paradigms aren't really as valuable to people these days. True, but there's still some diehard dancers out there that want to hear the long extended remixes. And they can just get Ableton to make it themselves. Make it themselves, right. (laughs) And then they can can release it and say this is a remix of of Information Society by me, for example. Exactly, which if you look at YouTube, pretty much happens all the time. All the time, yep, yep. I've seen those all the time as well. Um, speaking of those covers, I mean, orders of magnitude. You did some great covers with uh, "Don't You Want Me" and also "Dominion." What, um, yeah, what, that was fun. Dominion was, was really a really fun. cool cover. I like that one a lot. Cover, cover albums are are so fun and so uh, honestly so easy to do. You know, um, you guys did a great cover of, uh, of 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 uh, "Conspiracy" by Prince too. Controversy, controversy. I'm sorry, controversy by Prince. Yeah, that was a, a long time ago. I did yeah. that on my own with Cleopatra Records uh, in the in the mid '90s, yeah. I think. But I, uh, cover albums are really fun and easy because you're freed from having to justify or explain the actual songwriting itself. You can just say, "Hey, here's this song. We don't have to explain it. We don't have to make excuses for it. You all know it. There it is." Yeah, That's... and you just pick songs that you've liked for decades and have fun doing them. It's your, and it's your, you can make it your version or you can make it exactly the same if you want. Just uh... I, I, don't, I don't quite understand why people would want to make it exactly the same. I mean, I hear some of that, but the, the covers that I, uh, that I really enjoy are the ones that bring 
an angle to a song that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before, or at least it hasn't been done before. Um, hopefully something that's kind of uh, interesting, like, a kind, you know, here's a, here's an X version of song Y, like, oh, wow, I never thought that would work. We were just uh, looking at some, some more heavy metal versions of what's on your mind, because there's a number of them. Yeah, so I saw the one you guys posted on your Facebook page, it was really good, and then somebody else posted one also there, I didn't get a chance to check that one out yet, but... Uh... Yeah, the second one uh, is a Brazilian band called Silent Cell that uh, I actually did a show with once, and um, uh, I really liked their version. It was fun. I mean, I'm not really into heavy metal all that much, so <laughs> it was just kind of uh, a novelty for me, but I, re I really liked what they did with it. Yeah. It's, it's nice to hear a different different take on like a, a country version of uh, What's On Your Mind maybe might, might come uh, around somehow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, except that people who would make and listen to country music probably never heard the original, right? So <laughs> probably right. Value there. Probably right. <laughs> Since you are from uh, Minneapolis, did you ever get a chance to meet, meet Prince at all? No, I mean, I, a lot of people I know did and worked with him and stuff, but I, I never did. None no. of us. We never got near him. Uh, the closest I got was um, a really close friend of mine, uh, my girlfriend at the time, back in the early 90s, uh, worked on one of the films that that was made with Prince. That's as close as you got. Like a couple, couple Well, actually we got closer than that. I guess okay, we played a show in 92 I think at uh the club that I think at the time he still owned called Glam Slam. Hmm. And somebody told us that he was in the audience. I don't know if that's true or not. Um but if he was, he certainly would have left when we did our 7 minute long a cappella cover of Gordon Lightfoot's Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you guys you remember the uh, Club MTV tour that you guys were on? Oh yes, I do. Any any crazy stories of uh, being on that tour? Because that's quite a mishmash of of different artists there. Yeah, um, not so much stories; it's just observations. Um, yeah. Or that, yeah. One thing that was really uh, funny in hindsight is at the beginning of the tour, uh, Paula Abdul was on it, and there was this event we did in L.A. right at the beginning, which was sort of a press kickoff event mm -hmm. and all the bands who were going to be on the tour were there including paula abdul and and all her handlers and somebody told her to go and get pictures with everybody you know to just to raise her profile so you've got paula abdul coming up to me of all people and trying to get a picture of herself taken with me you know to like raise her profile yeah <laughs> and like within six weeks or so her her hit had blown up so much that they pulled her off the tour so she could go do something else because she was way too big to be associating with us <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> did you uh did you guys run the tour when the the band times two was on the on that tour do you remember that band we only did it once only i don't once. think they were there for ours with well, the one we did it was i think it was the first one unless i just wasn't aware of a previous one it was um us and tone loke and was not was uh, Lisa Lisa, Paulo Abdul at first, yeah. uh, Millie Vanilli, <laughs> and that's all I can remember. That might have been all of them. Did you meet? Did you obviously you met Robin Fab from Millie Vanilli? Did you know back yeah, then I that did. they were lip syncing back then? What'd you say? Did you know back then that they weren't actually the people who were singing on the albums? Well, everybody knew that. <laughs> I mean, what the I, I that whole controversy was so fictional. Yeah, what they did was not unique. I, I think the only thing that got them in trouble is a combination of a. They were uh, for a while they were really, really riding on that on that huge hit. Like so, they had a lot of attention focused on them, and b. Uh, 
they they kept saying that they had sung in the studio and they hadn't, which was a big mistake because who cares? Nobody cares. If you just say, oh, no, there was some hired vocalist. We're the ones who perform on stage. Everyone would have just said, oh, okay, that makes sense. Fine, go ahead, carry on. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what happens nowadays, though. I mean, a lot of that happens nowadays. It was really common then. Um, you'd get uh, a whole team of people in different departments, right? Like you'd have producers who only work in the studio, and then you have live musicians who only play live on stage, and you have stage performer vocalists who would only sing on stage, and you have studio vocalists who would only come into the studio to sing the vocals, and that wasn't unusual, nor was it considered to be any kind of scandal or problem. Hmm. I think the only thing that was different about that is that that was probably one of the first times that people in general started to become aware that that was how things worked uh, for, for certain kinds of music. And as I said, the fact that for some reason they, they foolishly tried to say that that wasn't how they did it. Right. Yeah. They tried to say it wasn't, it was, was them actually. They said they were, they were, yeah, yeah it was, it's interesting back then. I remember that. Um, <laughs> so is there something that you would like to have Information Society do in the future, collaborate with anybody that you never collaborated before? Would you like to maybe go into space like Bezos and uh, and Virgin Galactic did just recently? No, I don't, I don't need to do that. Besides, you're in the ionosphere, dude. You're not in space. True, true. They didn't even make an orbit. I don't fucking care. Yeah, they weren't even in orbit. The one, the one from what, Tuesday with Bezos was was just a five-minute ride pretty much, like a... Like a they can call me when they, you know, uh, drop a probe down into the atmosphere of Neptune and return with it. That then I'll be impressed. There you go. But is there any collaborations um, you want to do with an art with an artist that you've never done before? I don't know, man. I got to perform on stage with Jerry from Devo already. That's pretty much it. I That's don't know where I can cool. go from there. You know, maybe Gary Newman or something. <laughs> Gary Newman's uh, a nice guy. You met him. Oh no! I wish I yeah, so wish. You know, I, I came close a couple of times, but I always like thought, oh, I don't want to go stand around with people and bother the artist after he's done a show. I'm just gonna go home. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a really cool guy. I got to meet him a few years ago. Uh, but the the Devo thing was was the the peak for me. You know, I wish I had a I could take yeah. a recording of that and send it back to myself at age 17 and, and just say, hang in there, man. It gets better. Check this out. <laughs> and I would have thought, oh, my God. It's the best thing ever. That's a good oh, I just lost your video. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Devo is cool. And it's, uh, what Did you guys do the, the cover? Did you do one, one song with them or a couple songs? Did I lose it? Okay. at work alright what did you say I was saying Devo would be cool to be on stage with did you do one song or a couple songs with them or no it wasn't Devo it was just Jerry uh, he, he came and did a guest uh, vocal duet with me during one of our shows oh okay What's... but I'd, I'd met them a, a couple of times Paul and I both met them separately a bunch of times over the years I met Mark in the mid 80s uh, when he opened that um, that small art gallery on 8th street in manhattan mm-hmm. then we were briefly talking about maybe doing uh, uh one song on stage together um that didn't happen and then in 96 uh i got to meet bob uh bob casali who's sadly no longer with us mm-hmm. um because i was talking to him about maybe producing the don't be afraid album um and mark gave me a tour of their old synths in the basement of mutato that was fun but um, as far as actually 
working together. It's just uh, Jerry's vocals on the cover of Beautiful World that we did. That's on the Portals of Magnitude album. And the one um, one time that he performed it on stage with us. Nice. You know the band uh, OK Go? You heard of them? They're the ones that did yeah, all Yeah, they're the ones who make the videos. Yeah. Maybe to go collaboration with them. We've heard... Didn't they make the one where there's a car on a desert racetrack, like making all these sounds by running into things? Isn't that them? No, I don't remember that one. That. Maybe. Like, almost like an art of noise type deal. Uh, you know, that was them. And that, I mean, the, the video didn't bother me, but the, but what people said about the video really, really bothered me because, <laughs> I mean, the the video, it's just, it's a video like any other video. You, you, you record the video and then you get sound and you, you put the two together. What you're hearing is not the actual sound uh, like of a, of a microphone in the car in driving the car, right. by. Uh, it's it's meant to simulate that, and yet everybody I know who's seen the video somehow thinks that it's the real sound. And I look at it and I go, but but you can you can see that it isn't. Just think about it for a second. How could that be? <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. Remember the band Art of Noise back in the eighties as well? Oh yeah, yeah. Is that the video right there that you're playing? <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at this, thinking, how could anyone imagine that everything they're hearing is just what they're seeing? <laughs> or that he could, or that they could maintain the speed that evenly, like while he's swerving around dirt roads. Right. Making, what he's keeping exactly perfect speed the whole time. Right. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I am willing to believe that they took the recordings of some of the sound they were making and used them in making the song. That sounds plausible. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. What did you just ask me? No, I, I was I was saying that makes sense. Um, Before that, oh, um, if they're they, they were similar like the band Art of Noise back in the eighties, they're very similar to that. Where the Art of Noise, well, no, Art of Noise, um, their whole deal was that they were using samplers before other people were. Yes, they also used mo- song sample. Well, they made samples of actual things like hitting instruments and hitting uh, metal and stuff like that. They sampled that. So I guess that's sure. It's just that they did it a few years before everyone else. Oh, so yeah, that's much before. Pretty much, much before. the definition of their career. Yeah. You uh, did some video game music in the past. Are you still doing that? Do any more video game well, music? Well, I stopped making the music, but I'm actually at a video game company right this moment oh. working on sound for one of our games, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, that's my other question. You are working on some future ones then. Mm-hmm. You are working on some future games then as well, some that are not, not out. That's right. What's... I'm working on a game right now, which is not done yet. Wow. What uh, what's some of the games you play? You play play video games? Oh yeah. Yeah. You mean currently or yeah, historic? Both currently and historic. What are you playing now? Well, these days, all of my game time is either sitting on the couch playing with the wife, so that's that's on console, or yeah. it's two games that I play on my phone. So on my phone, I play either Plants vs. Zombies Heroes, which nice. is really old now, but I just still just keep playing it. And also a game called Idle Heroes, which is a completely different kind of game. Um, and the wife and I go through ones that uh, that can be entertaining for two people to play together, even if only one of them has the controller. So we play a lot of open world adventure kind of things. Like uh, we're going through Skyrim now. I, I had played nice. it before back in its heyday, but... Uh, my wife had never played it before, so she wanted to try it out. And before that, we did Dragon Age, and before that, we did Witcher. Um, 
I'll, I'll plug what I think is one of the best games ever made. Yeah. Last year we played um, Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds, yeah, I've heard of that game. I never played it, though. It, it's, it's so unbelievably cool. I, I've There's almost no game like it that I've ever heard of or played, and it, it's amazingly well done. I, I, I would recommend that game to anyone who plays games. Outer Wilds. Wilds, yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. I have heard a lot of good stuff about that one. But historically, you know, I started on um, Space Race and, and Pong in the mid-70s. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the first game that really grabbed me was Space Invaders. Uh, I also went through an Asteroids phase. Um, then mm-hmm. I got into uh, Tempest. Oh, yeah. It's it was really game. good. But the one that really, really grabbed me was uh, Defender Stargate. It was the second Defender game. Yep. yep. Um, I got really, really good at that. Uh and I didn't have games in my home until the early 90s when I got a Sega Genesis. You're talking about uh, open world games. You ever played on No Man's Sky? Nope. No? I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it, but yeah. no, I haven't done that one. That's one that's uh, open world, but it's uh, kind of like you build your own kind of planet almost situation, and it's came a long way the last few years. Um, to what extent is it multiplayer? Um, they ha- they just recently added multiplayers, so that you can. I've actually I was I was playing about a month ago, and some guy was was talking to me on on a on the voice chat, and he was on Xbox, and I was on PlayStation, so it's even cross platform. So who published that? Uh, that was uh, Hello oh my Ga- god, Paul Weir. Paul Weir was one of the composers. That's right. That's why I've heard of this one. Paul Weir is one of the composers from No Man's Sky. Paul Weir and I have worked together on on games before. Paul Weir is really really cool guy that I like. He's uh, from Liverpool. Um, lives in England still, I imagine, and uh, just does really, really cool stuff with um, what I call uh, ambient, randomized generative music. There's yep. a bunch of different terms for it. I don't know if that, how much they used it in yeah, this. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what they use it. That's the whole thing of the whole uh, concept of the whole game. It's all randomized. Yeah, and yeah. He, Paul Weir and I were working on uh, together using a system that I was working on with my programmer at a previous game company about uh, 14 years ago. He was one of my composers that I hired. Huh. So, yeah. so who published this? Hello Games. In, in Hello, in, oh, oh, ooh, okay. So yeah. they're their own publisher. Yeah. Right, it makes sense that they're in Guilford. Yeah, they're, they're in England as well, yeah. yeah. Yep. Cool. I should check it out. Yeah, definitely. Any, any, uh, do you ever mess with uh, Stadia at all? Any streaming video games? No, although I really appreciate that they um, that they are willing to acknowledge and use the fact that the plural of stadium is stadia. <laughs> right. That's really the only thing I can say about stadia is that <laughs> I like the name. Are you working any kind of day job at all? Or are you just doing music and That's all the video games? That's what I just said. I'm, the vi- working, well, the I'm video at games. my day job right this yeah. moment. Any other non-related to video games and non-related to music at all? I'm doing DoorDash or anything like that, right? No, no, no. The, the games <laughs> thing has been my career since the yeah, since '94, really. Um, around that time, the the band you know started to to recede back into being kind of a hobby, right? Um, I mean, it never paid very well, and by by '97, it wasn't able to pay the rent anymore. But I, but by then, I for three years I had been pushing to get into working on games instead. Was that around the same time as the uh, bands you reunited on VH1 too? No, that came later. That was like 2004, and I'm sure you've done your research enough to know that that's a sore spot with me. Yes, I know. <laughs> that's the only, only mention of it right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, for 
the, the short version of the story is that it sucked, and I wrote a 6,700-word 6, rebuttal. Yes, you did. That, uh, at least a few people read to know the truth of the whole deal. Paul and I, I, went, Paul and I went over quite a bit on, on, on uh, six, seven years ago, so on my other show. You did what? Paul and I talked about it a lot on my on my podcast back seven years ago, so I already covered it all. So, <laughs> well, I'm can... sure he gave you a very different perspective than what I would give you, since he actually went and did the stupid thing. And I did not. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's true. Now, what pissed me off is that they, while they were casting about for ways to try to make it interesting, the the they made up this fiction that I had mm-hmm. like said that I was going to come and then stiffed them. Right. They knew I wasn't coming. I told them I wasn't coming. They spent weeks trying to change my mind, and I said no. And then they broadcast this show that makes it look like I just stood them up. I yeah. mean, one could make a case for libel. <laughs> it's it was that completely false. So let's uh, let's get back and talk about the album that comes out next week. What is uh, one of your one of your favorite songs on the album? Well, before I rattle that off the top of my head, let me actually look at that <laughs> comprehensively. Yeah, I know it's got a lot of it's got a lot of. Uh, Singles from the Tommy Boy days, like six, what four, four singles that you guys did with Tommy Boy, which is of course your first record. On the new album? album? Yeah, Oddfellows. No, what do you mean? It doesn't have singles. Oh, 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 right, I see. Yes, because Tommy Boy is working with us again. Yes. Sorry, I misunderstood yeah. for a sec. Yeah, um, I don't know what the plans are for releasing which things as what singles or on who, but yeah, there's definitely some of that going on. Is there a couple singles? The new singles. I'm talking about the ones from Tommy Boy were, came out a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Room 1984, Nothing World prevails. Enough, Bennington. And is that it? Yeah, I think we only did three. Yeah, three. I think Down in Flames. It's just, it's such a cool groove, you know? Yeah, I do agree. Down in Flames. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Yes, I like the little, uh, the little, uh, like bell in the background there. I don't know what you want, what you want to call. I that. think we need more of that cowbell. More cowbell, exactly. <laughs> Needs more cowbell. Any plans on getting a tour going at all with you guys for this album? It's the the rest of the world is not doing all that much better than the U.S. True. is with the pandemic right now, and the U.S. isn't even doing as well as it should be. True. Um, now that the uh, don't tread on me crowd is attempting to serve as a petri dish to brew up the next variant of the virus that'll come back and reinfect us vaccinated people. Thank you mm-hmm. very much for that, people. That's that's really great. I love how you're exercising your freedom there. Um, so no stuff can't happen because people are refusing to get vaccinated, and that's why we're not playing shows. Gotcha. So anyone who's listening to this who's thinking I don't have to get vaccinated, fuck you. Yes, you do. Selfish fucks. Well said. <laughs> what about doing a, a live stream somehow with, with the, uh, doing you guys playing live on on a stream so we can watch it much, much like we're doing right now? But it'll be actually the band full and doing the whole like a set that way and paying. No, pay. we only we only um, do shows if they, if they pay money. Well, yeah, no, they, they would pay. You can be, like pay ten, twenty dollars or whatever for a ticket to this live stream and stream it. Uh, you know, homes. if we were U2 or, or Billie Eilish, maybe we could get away with that. But I don't think a band with as small a fan base as ours could uh, could really make that work. <laughs> See, surprised. we don't live in the same cities. That you helps. Know? Yeah, that, that does help. Uh, we're in do that. Phoenix, San Francisco, Portland, and uh, New Hampshire. 
Uh, so we'd all have to like get together and then we'd have to all bring all our gear and you're starting to spend a lot of money at that point. And I don't think we could possibly make that much, that much money back, you know? So when you record these albums, when you, like when you recorded Oddfellows, did you guys all get together or was it separate? You guys recorded from your own home studios. Uh, Paul's the one with the studio these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we uh, stopped doing the band, I went into, I mean, let me rephrase. When we stopped trying to live off the band, um, I went into game development. Paul went into advertising music and also some film and television. And Jim ended up in his current position. He is a professor of soil science at Oregon State University. Yep. Uh, I'm going to be visiting him up there just next week, in fact. Nice. Um, and so Paul had to continue to invest in having a really good studio. And he kept up his skills with you know cranking out songs in the studio. Um, He's now, you know, so far beyond me in terms of expertise and, and uh, equipment. Um, I did some music for games for about 10 years, uh, but I transitioned more into actually working on the games themselves. Um, and game companies generally don't have in-house composers. Uh, usually we contract um, independently with composers externally to do that. So with music, I'm more about coming up with systems to make the music behave dynamically the way we want it to, and also mm-hmm. working with composers to get what the creative directors want to hear. I have the unique talent of being able to translate between um, producers and composers, <laughs> which, uh, game producers, I mean, which is um, right. not an easy interpretation to make. Uh, and uh, Jim hasn't had a you know recording studio accessible to him you know, since back in our heyday. Right. So Paul's the one with the recording studio. And when we um, record stuff, we do it at, at uh, his place. Occasionally I will send in the vocals. Uh, but in this one, I mostly went to his recording studio to do the vocals just so that they would sound better. Good. And that's kind of funny that uh, the, the gym's the only one that didn't continue doing music. Like you said a long time ago, but you guys pretty yeah. much, the rest of you guys pretty much stayed around the music area. Yeah, I think that's because for Jim, uh, you know, doing music means uh, playing it live. Uh, it, sitting around by himself, messing with gear was never was never his thing. He's just uh-huh. he can play a bunch of different instruments. He likes getting together with people, doing shows. He likes the stage thing and all that, but he's never really that into being a studio guy. No, so when when he, when you guys do do a tour, he's the one that wants to go out more than anybody else, right? I don't know. It varies. It depends on what each of us has going on at the moment. You know? <laughs> Yeah, the new album comes out Friday, August 6th, The Odd Fellows, or just Odd Fellows, or does the ODD stand for anything specifically, or just Odd as in you guys are just an Odd Fellows? Odd Fellows is the name of a uh, of a fraternal organization that's been around since the 1800s, I think. Oh, that's where you get the reference from. Mm-hmm. Great. And I am going to have a review of the album up on my website as well, probably next week before the release of the album. It's a great album. I like all, all the tracks on it. I'm, I'm really was excited to listen to it. And like I said, it reminds me a lot of the stuff of the older stuff, which you mentioned that there's a reason why, because it was some of the old stuff that you guys have done a long time ago, demos and stuff. Do you guys have a lot of unreleased tracks that are still out there and waiting to be released? Or Not after all of the you know dumps of old unreleased stuff that we've made over the years. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't yeah. much left that isn't accessible anymore. And I was wrong. Oddfellows started... Uh, is, Officially, supposedly started in 1730. Oh, wow. And it's still going on to some extent, I think. Oh. Do you have any, it's, tie, it's like any ties Masons. to that? Like the Masons? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have any ties to that at all? 
all, as the kids are so fond of saying these days. <laughs> all right. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. What else? What I was gonna. Um, oh, there was a. There was a. While well, I was doing some searching for you, there's a, a song that you remixed for uh, Arise, Lesson Seven. The song. Mm-hmm. It was kind of an industrial sound. Yep. Remember that one? Was it? You guys have done any uh, more? Thought of doing any more industrial type music like that? Well, that was just me. I'm that the was only just one you. That was just you. I know you remixed that one, but I'm just. Yeah. Have you? No, I mean, any... I'm uh, of the. Of the three of us, I'm the only one who's into that kind of music, so it's not like the kind of thing we do when we get together. Well, we're talking about other artists and stuff. Like, have you heard of uh, Cell Dweller and Clayton from Cell Dweller? Nope. No, you should check him out. He's got a lot of industrial feel as well as. No, uh, okay. Yeah. I've been getting into Gesaffelstein recently. Gesaffelstein? Never heard of that. Mm-hmm. Let's look at that one up too. <laughs> Fixed F I X T is the name of the label for for uh, Cell Dweller. He's got a lot of good artists on that as well. Along the same kind of genre of industrial rock, also some metal too, which you wouldn't be listening to, that, of course. But <laughs> that's bizarre. That's bizarre. I like nice. It. I have to find that one. Is there is there a, uh, a easy to spell website for that? No, nah, I just have to go to YouTube and poke around until you find it. All right, I'll find it. I'm good like that. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a link in chat. All right, there you go. That'll work. Doing um, interviews while we're both sitting here on our computers is very different from how it used to. Be. It's quite different. Do you? Uh, how did you? Uh, well, probably the same way you're doing now is spend your time over the last year and a half during all this pandemic. Pretty working. Working. Because I mean, you, yeah. You work, I mean, the games industry surged when the pandemic hit, so there's yeah. more work than ever for us. Yeah, definitely. How do you spell Gazafelstein? <laughs> I got somebody in the chat. My 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 uh is giving me a couple uh questions for you, so I've, I've been kind of those feeding those to you as well. So, is there gonna be a vinyl record coming out of Oddfellows? The vinyl comes out a couple weeks from after. Yeah, is there? I've been told whether that's the case or not, and I don't remember. I think so. Should I ask ask Jason? Okay, I'll find out. I'll put that on the on the website. I think there is. I think I remember seeing that it was coming out. Uh, it might be a week or two after the sixth. That's that sounds plausible. I know that for uh, um, Hello World, we actually had some cassettes printed up. Really? Oddly enough, and a bunch of seven-inch vinyl too. Nice. That would have been cool to get. And um, and some robots. Some robots. Speaking of that, or no, the, that the, was the synthesizers. Robots was for uh, orders of magnitude. The, the, for uh, the, uh, for Hello World, we made um, some little four-button synthesizers, oh. and uh, included those with our super expensive two hundred and forty-dollar package for buying the record. <laughs> Speaking of things that you built, the Think uh, car way back from the album that was on the album Think, mm-hmm. or Hack, excuse me for Hack, is that still around? It's in New Mexico now with a friend of mine. Um, I sort of bequeathed it unto, unto a friend of mine who's 10 years younger than me and had a lot of friends who were gearheads and he had space to work on it because I didn't have any of those things. Um, and then about 10 years went by and he gave it to another person. Huh. <laughs> um, and that person has it now in New Mexico. And it's sort of very, very slowly kind of restoring it. Keeping I guess. track of it at least. 
That's good that you're keeping track of it. I'm trying to find the pictures I posted about of them online. And I'm not because I'm in the wrong folder. <laughs> if I go here, on the other hand, then and actually alphabetize them like a normal person. Then there it is. Okay. I will give you a link to some pictures. Awesome. And Those are totally free to use pictures too. I just took them myself. So oh. whatever you want to do with them is fine. As long as you don't like uh, draw <laughs> silly faces on me and, and, no. and write stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Great. You're welcome. I will definitely uh, share some of those out with, uh, with the website and uh, put funny faces on your car. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> It's been great to talk to you. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing the results of other people that, that get to hear Oddfellows. Um, Indeed. And uh, if you guys ever make it up to the Detroit area, definitely check you guys out live. I know you guys have played in Detroit way back in the day, but I never got to see you guys yeah, live. I think we only played there once or twice. Yeah. I had a, a friend. And then, of, uh, the Club MTV Tour went to Ionia. I, Ionia, Michigan? Yep. Wow. Probably some uh, farm. <coughs> Something like that. I mean, we were way out in the middle of nowhere. I actually, uh, I think they've all moved away now, but I, I grew up having family in Grand Haven. Really? Nice. Yeah. Not Grand Rapids. Grand, Grand Haven. Haven. Yeah, yeah, Grand Haven. On the uh, on the west coast of Michigan. Yeah, I've, I think I've, I've driven by there, somewhere over there. Now I have family on the north coast of Wisconsin. North coast of Wisconsin? On, the, on mm-hmm. the Lake, was that Lake Michigan, right? Yeah. Lake Superior. Lake Superior. Up, way up north. Superior, they said, never gives up her dead when the skies in November turn gloomy. All right, sir. Thank you very much for your time. I really enjoyed talking to you. Is there anything else that yeah, no uh, problem. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover with anybody that uh, we maybe didn't talk about, or anything anything on your mind that you yes. wanted to talk about? Yes. Uh, What's on your mind? There we go. Viruses don't infect individuals; they infect species. An entire species is infected. When you think of it in terms of an epidemic, you aren't a person anymore. You're a single cell of, a, of an organism. Only if the organism gets vaccinated does the organism survive the, the, the disease. You don't have any individual personal rights. Get fucking vaccinated. Right. Well said. Said by Kurt Harland right here on Zaldor's World. Information Society, Odd Fellows comes out a week from today, August 6th. A week from tomorrow, August 6th. You get it at midnight on streaming platforms all over. Do you like streaming, by the way? That's one thing we didn't talk about. Streaming stuff? Are you a fan of streaming? In terms of music? I mean, I mean it's yeah, just nowadays the latest delivery platform, right? Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't think that in the 1920s people asked, are you a fan of wax cylinders? Like, <laughs> I, that's where the music is, right? Are you a fan of aluminum discs? I guess. And you're a fan of streaming, whatever. The technology isn't important, you know. As long as the music gets heard, right? And go to the shows when, the, when you guys are playing live. Yeah. Informationsociety.us is the website. Maybe someday you'll in, you'll update info.infosos.org. Or you just leave it no, as a No, I lost that. So, somebody stole it. Really? Yeah. Still got all the old, old stuff on there, though. So no, it's got a little bit of the old stuff and a bunch of random weird advertising and the 
just whoever stole it isn't even using it anymore. So. <laughs> well, that sucks. You can't get it back. Nope. All right. Thanks, Kurt. I really appreciate talking to you. All right. Bye-bye, Les. All right. Have a good one. You've just experienced the invasion of Zaldor's world. Be sure to view the show notes at zeldor.com. Email at zeldorpod at gmail.com. Call the invasion at 313-462-0006.